parables of Jesus. So many good ones. Uh, Jesus says some amazing things through parables to us and to the disciples and to the people back then. And uh, this was not abnormal. Other rabbis and other uh, people talked in parables. But um, a parable is, um, is uh, it's something that um, parable means to throw alongside. So it's a, it's a heavenly truth. It's a heavenly truth. Uh, given, delivered to us in a very like uh, way that we can understand. That's what a parable is, to throw alongside. So alongside the truth is a story that gets you to think, and it paints a picture, and it's God's way of bringing spiritual truth to human beings like us. Mark Scott said from going from, it's like going uh, taking truth from the canon of Scripture to the curb where you and I, you know, curb people can, <laughs> can grab onto it and kind of understand. And uh, today's parable is not much different than that. Um, they're stories, and they're packed with issues. Uh, most of the time, they have one main point that Jesus is trying to get across, but along the way, other, other issues are raised, and, and it, it make people think about their lives and about how they're living, and it gets people to kind of wonder uh, what they're doing with their life. There's enough in every parable for everyone. There's so much stuff packed in a parable. And in today's parable, Jesus uses a kind of a farming analogy to point out kingdom truth. So he tells a parable about, about a man, some wheat, and some weeds. And uh, if you go to, uh, go with me to, um, we're in Matthew, Matthew chapter 13, verses 24 to 30. It's a pretty straightforward, or at least it seems to be pretty straightforward as you, as you look at it to begin with. Uh, but it gets a little crazy, a little hairy in there. And so we're going we're gonna to dig into this thing. And Jesus uses this line, the kingdom is like, uh, in a number of parables, 12 to be exact, 12 different parables Jesus starts with, the kingdom uh, is like, or the kingdom of heaven is like, or the kingdom of God is like. And then he tells the story. And he's talking about the kingdom of God and what it's like in a way that these guys can go, yeah, I can relate to that. I know what that means. Or I know what that is saying. Uh, what it means, totally different story. We're going to see that here today. Uh, but he uses this line to begin a, a number of his parables, and it's a, it's a big statement. The kingdom is like. I mean, think about that. The kingdom of God is like. Like, if somebody came to you and said, the kingdom of God is like, and then they began to tell you a story, you'd wonder where these, that person is from, right? You'd be like, how, how, how do you know the kingdom is like that? Like, and what gives you the authority to even say the kingdom is like that? Like, who are you to say what the kingdom is like? Have you been there? Right? It makes you wonder, like, how do you know that the kingdom of heaven is like this? So what this statement does for us is it helps us realize that the one who's telling the story about what the kingdom is like knows about the kingdom. He's, he's from the kingdom. He's from there, and he's come here. He has the, in other words, he has the authority to tell us what the kingdom is like because he is the king of the kingdom, which is kind of cool. So Jesus is saying, by stating this, the kingdom is like, that he is the Messiah, and that he is here to explain to us heavenly things. And so we're going to get into this, uh, this story. It begins in verse 24, and I'm going to just kind of like summarize the story. You can follow along. It begins in verse 24, and the passage goes like this. There's a man, and he sowed seed in his field. 
uh, wheat, wheat to be exact. He sowed some seeds of wheat in his field. And did that, they do that in different ways, but one of the ways is just, just taking handfuls of it and scattering it, you know. Okay, he's scattering seed, he's scattering wheat in his field. And then the story says he went to bed. He went to bed. It was nighttime, so he went to bed. Long, hard day of work, plowing the field, scattering seed in the field, and the wheat is planted, and now it's nighttime and it's time to go to bed. So while he's sleeping, or during the darkness, the passage says, his enemy came and planted weeds, weeds among the wheat. And then he scurried off. Did you get that? So then there's a time lapse here. And verse 26 says, when the wheat sprouted and formed heads, the weeds did too. The servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? The man said, An enemy did this. And the servant said, Want us to go pull out the weeds? And the man said, No, 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 no. Pull in the, the weeds, we'll uproot the wheat as well. Let them both grow together until harvest. Then I will tell the harvester, first collect the weeds, tie them in bundles to be burned, and then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. Simple story about the kingdom of God and a very relatable curb-like way for these people to kind of understand. All right, it's a parable of the wheat and the tares. That's what this is, the parable of the wheat and the tares. And can you just hear the disciples? I mean, think about the disciples. They're there. They're listening to this story. Uh, and, and, and can you just hear them, like, thinking this through? Like, okay, okay, uh, Jesus, it's an interesting story about these farmers but how is the kingdom of God anything like that? Like I could see them scratching their heads and wondering what in the world is that all about, really? Think about the story. If this is the first time you ever heard the story, you guys have read this before, you know all about this stuff, so it's easy for us to kind of see this like after we have seen it many, many times, like watching a movie over and over again. But for the first time, they hear this story and you could see them scratching their head wondering, how in the world is the kingdom of God like this? What it really sounds like is we should call like the FFA and have this incident reported to somebody because what that guy did to this guy who planted the weed wasn't very nice. You know, sounds like somebody ought to be notified that a bad guy came in and planted some weeds in another guy's farm, and that doesn't seem like that, that was nice at all. In fact, in fact, I could hear them thinking in their minds, like, like, was a law even broken here? With a guy, you know, the guy planted some weeds in the guy's farm. You know, he planted some weed, and another guy came and threw some seeds of weed. What, what, what is the crime, really? Is there even a crime here? Is there something that is described? And do they even sell seed weeds? Like weeds of seed, are those a real thing? Like, do they sell that? And if they do, maybe they should stop selling that so people wouldn't do this. To other people, like one scholar said that planting weeds in someone else's farm was a way of getting back at them. Like it was a real thing. 
Like, I don't know how you get back at people. You have your way, I'm sure. But back then, one of the ways of getting back at somebody was to go at night and throw weeds in their garden. Isn't that mean? Like, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> doesn't sound right at all. And then can you see the crowd? Like, let's think about the crowd for a minute. So Jesus was in a house. It must be up in Capernaum somewhere near at the top of the lake of uh, the Sea of Galilee. And he comes out of the house. He was probably resting in the house, right? He had been doing a lot of teaching and talking in parables and telling stories. And he went and he sat down by the lake. That's what's happening here in the story. He sits down by the lake. Well, there's big crowds that are gathering around Jesus. So what Jesus does is he gets into a boat. He gets into a little boat and he just kind of pushes off the shore and then he begins to teach the crowd that's standing on the shore, kind of like this like amphitheater effect going on. Some of them are probably sitting, some of them are standing, this mixed crowd, the disciples are there, probably some religious leaders are there, and there's all kinds of people just listening to what Jesus has to say. Matthew says that he told them many things in parables. Just got done telling them the parable of the sower, you know, the soils, the four different kinds of soils. He tells them about some tiny seeds and some yeast, and here he tells them about the weeds and probably a bunch of other stories. This story of the weeds relates very closely to the one just above it in your Bible about the soils. Remember, seed fell on different kinds of soil. Some seed fell among the thorns, and what did the thorns do? Grew up and choked out the plants, right? Choked out the good crop. And so he takes this weed thought a bit further in this parable. And at first glimpse, you could go away thinking, like, wow, that poor farmer. Like, if you just heard the story that Jesus talked and, and walked away, you, you'd probably think, what, a, what, a, what an idiot, what a jerk that guy was. I mean, all that work, and now he planted all those weeds, and that's going to cause a problem. He's not going to have, like, as good a crop, right? So, so let's think this through for a minute. There's the wheat that have been planted in this garden, right? And in, in the, the farmer's estimation, everything is wonderful. But then the enemy comes, and he plants weed seed in the garden as well. And they both begin to grow up. And the solution then to the problem of the weeds is let's let them both grow and then at harvest time we'll separate the two. Right? Seems pretty logical, right? I mean, seems like the thing to do. Like, let's, let's do that. Right? Sound good? Everybody good with that? Good plan? I mean, is that a good plan? Sure. I mean, because if you start pulling up the weeds, what, you're going to pull up the, the weeds. Don't want to do that. We're going to kill everything. So let's just let them grow. At harvest time, we'll separate the two. We'll keep the wheat. We'll burn the, the, the weeds. Sounds good. Everybody good? Good. Let's go home. I'm just kidding. But there's, there's more, okay? There's more. The story doesn't end right there, does it? Jesus has more to say. He's not done. The disciples, the disciples you know, they're sitting there wondering what in the world is just going on. The people are probably scratching their head thinking, okay. The kingdom of God is like this somehow. And they're scratching their head trying to figure out how in the world does this even make any sense to spiritual truth. Notice that the wise farmer, what he says, he says, let them both grow together until what? Until the harvest time, right? Let's let them both grow together until the harvest time. Now, you and I know that he's not talking about weeds and wheat. 
But they, they don't necessarily got the connection yet. They're, st they're still trying to figure this thing out. But maybe, maybe Jesus, when he says, let them both grow together until harvest, and then we'll separate the two. Maybe in Jesus' mind, he's thinking about like the religious leaders of the day. Some of them probably standing in the crowd, right? Jesus didn't like come and wipe them out. They continued to do their evil work right there as Jesus began to do his. They just grew together, right? Till, a, till another day. And maybe, maybe in his mind he's thinking about Judas, who was among the twelve, who did his evil deed until the time was right that he took himself out. So all of those like thorns in your side, you know, those people that cause you grief along life's journey, you know, the people that maybe you struggle with or deal with or those like antichrist people that you have to work with or be neighbors next to. Jesus says, let them both grow together until the harvest time. Like, the farmer's probably thinking, like, if only I had some Roundup. You know, if, it's, if I had Roundup, I could take care of this issue. Or just separate them at harvest time, okay? And, and then that's pretty much the end of the story. We'll just separate them at harvest time. So think about how that leaves the people. Just separate them at harvest time, and we'll separate the two. And that's the end of the story. And in verse 31 and 33, he goes into two other very short parables. And we don't know chronologically if Jesus said these things at this very moment, but they fit really well into the flow of what he's saying. He said lots of parables. And so he tells two other parables, one about a mustard seed and one about the yeast, right? One is about, they're, about, they're both about the kingdom and they're about like farming. And so he says this one is about like this tiny seed, like this very tiny, the smallest of all seeds. And when you plant it in the ground, it grows up and it becomes like the largest garden plant in the garden. Like the kingdom of God is like that. And I'm sure they're thinking, okay, wow, that's, that's pretty crazy. But that's what the kingdom of God is like, right? Faith, this little seed of faith comes into your life. And, and, and what it should do is grow, should become bigger than anything else in your life, right? I mean, you should have, you and I should have like a forest growing out of our lives from the seed of faith that was planted in your life at some point in the past. And he then says about this yeast, he talks about the yeast. He says that, that a little bit of yeast, when worked through the batter or through the batch, can, like, can impact the whole batch of dough, right? Just a little bit of yeast and the impact that it could have. And, and you're thinking good or bad, right? Good or bad, yeast can do good or, or bad yeast can do bad. It can ruin the whole batch, right? One bad apple in a basket eventually will destroy the whole basket, right? If it's not pulled out. And so he talks about this tiny seed, he talks about this yeast, and it turns out, like as Jesus is talking, that the kingdom and farming have a lot in common, don't they? I mean, you think about all the, the analogies Jesus makes about farming, like planting and sowing and seed and watering and, and all these things that a farmer does that fit right into what the kingdom of God is like and the harvest, in verse 36, look at verse 36, it says, Then Jesus left the crowd, and he went back into the house. So he tells these parables, he tells these stories, 
And they're standing there going, okay, this is about the kingdom. This is interesting. And then Jesus gets up, rows the boat in, gets on shore, and goes back into the house. And it's always awesome when Jesus leaves the crowd because when Jesus leaves the crowd, cool things happen when Jesus gets together with just the disciples. And that's what's going to happen. Something cool is going to happen. And by the way, cool things happen when you get alone with Jesus as well. Right? When you get away from everything else and, and all of life's busyness and you get away with you and Jesus, good things happen. Good things will happen. So he goes into the house, and that's good. And the disciples, so work with me here, the disciples, they come to Jesus, and they ask him this, this question. They go, Jesus, do you, do you know that story that you told about the wheat and the weeds? And Jesus is like, well, you know, I told a lot of parables. You think about that one. In fact, the scripture says, Jesus didn't say this, but the scripture says that that the prophets foretold that he would come talking in parables, that the Messiah would tell lots of parables. And so Jesus is thinking, okay, the one about the wheat and the, and the weeds, yeah, 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 I, rem I remember that one. It's, it's like one of my favorite parables. And the disciples, like, I could just see them looking at Jesus going, well, Jesus, don't be mad at us, but we don't, we don't get it. We don't get it. How is this like the kingdom? And Jesus like, oh, no problem, guys, no problem. Come on over here, have a seat. And let me explain it to you. Now, he doesn't do that with all the parables. But this parable, Jesus is going to sit down with the disciples and he's going to explain exactly what he means. And for you and me, that's cool. Because what we like to do is take these stories and make them into things they never were intended to be. Right? We take, we take one word Jesus says and we turn it into some crazy outlandish thing. If you just listen to TV evangelists, they'll tell you all about it, right? So Jesus sits them down, and, and they're inside the house. They're away from everyone else, and the disciples feel comfortable asking him what he meant. And so he's going to tell them what he meant. Now let's look at, that, look at what he means. Verse 36 through 43, we're just going to kind of work our way through that. Check it out. He says very clearly, the one who planted the good seed, remember that guy who came out and planted good seed, good wheat? Well, that's the son of man. Okay, no, no, no questions about this. There's no like, what does that mean? There's no like confusion here. That sower who went out and planted good seed that's the son of man that's jesus like this is jesus this is the savior this is the messiah the one who came from heaven who can talk about the kingdom he came from heaven full of grace and full of truth and 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 he was the spreader of heavenly seed that's who that sower represents the only one, the only one in all of the universe with the authority to speak about kingdom things because he is the king of the kingdom. And he declares, the sower, the son of man, he declares to the whole world the gospel. He spreads a seed. He spreads seed of, of truth to the ends of the earth. Right? And that's you and I. We come in at that point. We come in because we're part of the spreading of the seeds to the end of the earth. Right? Before the end comes. That's pretty cool. The one who planted the good seed, Jesus says, is the Son of Man. Check that off. The field, he says, the field, the field is the world. It's the world. It's where everything happens. 
that you and I know about as far as Earth goes and our physical existence goes. The, the field is the Earth. There's one field and there's two sowers. So just get that in your mind, okay? And Jesus is beginning to help them realize that, that he wasn't talking about a farmer. He's talking about the kingdom of God. And then he says, the good seed. Now, okay, the farmer comes out, the good farmer, the son of man, who's, he's in the world and that's the field. He takes good seed and the good seed is the people of the kingdom. That's the seed, the people of the kingdom. Okay, you and I might have had a different thought on that. If we said, what is the seed of God or the good seed, you, we might have come up with some different things. But Jesus clearly says the good seed is, is the people of the kingdom. God's people who have God's seed living in them. Right? The Holy Spirit seed of God living and moving in them. And the seed is God's truth, right? That leads us to Him. And so that's the good seed. It's the people of the kingdom of God. Do you get that, guys? Okay, got that. The weeds then... So here comes this bad guy, and he, he plants all these weeds, and the weeds are the people of the evil one. That's what Jesus says. The weeds, the weeds represent the people of the evil one. And all of a sudden, they're beginning to think, this thing is getting kind of deep. Like, we would have never got that out of that story, Jesus. And so he's explaining this to them, and he's saying these weeds, these weeds, these evil people are false teachers, twisted religion, the blind trying to deceive others. They come sowing tears, weeds, false doctrine, and they're extremists, right? Either they're making faith so difficult that no one can do it, or they're watering it down to a feel-good faith of wealth and prosperity. But they're weeds. They're people of the evil one. And then he says, the enemy, that guy that came with all those weeds and planted them in your garden, the enemy, that's the devil. That's the devil. Notice that the devil sows his seed in the darkness. And also notice that he sows his seed in the same place that the good seed is sown. That's important. This is Satan, the master of deception, the father of all lies. One field, two sowers, and one is the enemy, planting evil seed in the soil that the good seed is in. And we're thinking now, right? We're thinking because they're thinking. They're wondering, they're wondering is this me? Is this my mind that he's talking about? Is this my heart that he's talking about? Like I'm trying to do good things to honor God, but I know the evil one is right there trying to plant seeds of evil in me. You know, and it's not just the world now, it's, 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 it's us as individuals. And then he says the harvest, well, the harvest, that's the end of the age. You know, that's the end of the age. When the harvest comes and we separate the weeds and the wheat, that's the end of time. That's when, like the clock, we turned it back an hour, but we really didn't change anything. <laughs> Just deceiving ourselves, I guess. 
but, but, but the end is when the clock stops ticking, like time no more. It's not going to just go backward an hour. It's going to end. Like time is going to come to an end. Like, do we get that? We talked about that in our class this morning. Time will come to an end. The same creator who set it all in motion at the beginning of time is going to one day say, time is now over. And there's going to be people lost in darkness forever. Separated from life. And he says, the harvest is the end of the age. And Jesus will return. And the sheep will be separated from the goats, the wheat, from the weeds. The harvest, the end of the age. And then he says, the harvesters, well, those are the angels. Those are the angels of God, right, that are in spiritual places and heavenly places with God, working for the kingdom of God, working to serve their God. And they are key players in the kingdom of God. And so Jesus says, like, so you guys, you got it now? You got it? You got it? You get it? <laughs> and I can see them look at Jesus and look at each other and go, uh, no, not really. <laughs> kind of. Kind of. We're kind of getting it, Jesus. And so Jesus continues, verse 40. He says, and it's about to get deeper, he says, the weeds that are pulled and bundled, from verse 30, bundled and burned. That's what's going to happen to the weeds. They're going to get harvested, separated, pulled, bundled, and burned. And that's the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out His angels. They will weed out of His kingdom everything, the Scripture says right there, if you're looking at it, that causes sin and all who do evil. And the angels will throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's a picture. Right? That's a, a painful picture. Probably the most expressive picture of suffering that you could ever imagine in your mind. This, what, what Jesus just said will happen to those who cause sin and who do evil. They will be thrown into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You could think of any other bad thing on the earth, any kind of suffering, any kind of torture, any kind of death, and none of it will even come close to comparing to this picture of people eternally suffering forever in, in this furnace where they will burn up but never die. Right? To gain an eternal body, right? To come to the end of life for Christ returns and for all of us to gain an eternal body only to end up in hell. Right? That's, that is no doubt extreme regret. Like that is, why didn't I listen? Why didn't I hear? Why didn't I honor God? Why didn't I give Him the glory? That is a regret that you will never get out of. Weeping and gnashing of teeth of this, this regretfulness that you have blown it. You might have been the richest person on the earth, but if you don't know Christ, you will have blown it. And eternal hell is in the future. By far the worst of the worst scenarios. And, and this is not a threat 
Like, this isn't Jesus threatening us or using some kind of scare tactic to get us to worship him. This is the creator of the universe telling you and me the truth. That's what this is. This is what's going to happen with complete 100% certainty. This is like, the, the, this is like the, the hurricane center saying that the hurricane category 17 is about to hit the coast, and if you stay there, you're going to die. That's not a scare tactic. It's the truth. It's what's going to happen if you don't move. And this is what Jesus is doing here in these parables. He's trying to tell us this is what the kingdom of heaven is like, and this is what's going to happen if you don't come to know Christ. It's a warning. It's a warning. It's not a threat. It's what's going to happen. Right? This is just the truth. And we're either going to believe it or die in eternity. Verse 43, he says, the righteous, so that's what's going to happen to those who push sin and are evil. That's where they're going to end up. And he says, the righteous, they will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Right? Those who have turned their life over to Christ. Those who have given their lives to Christ. Daniel, Daniel, the book of Daniel said it like this, the wise will shine like the brightness of heaven and those who lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever. And so Jesus then says, he comes to the end of the parable and he says, whoever has ears, let him hear. Whoever has ears, let him hear. In other words, Jesus is saying, snap out of it. Like, snap out of it. Wake up, arise from your spiritual sleep and your slumber. For those who have spiritual eyes and ears, have the Holy Spirit living in them, working in them, they will get it. You will get what Jesus is saying. But for those who don't have Christ in them, it's just a story about a bad neighbor who pulled a mean prank and they all walk away oblivious to the truth. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. That's what Jesus says, because some are going to walk away from these parables and they're going to think that Jesus just tells nice stories. And they're not going to get the kingdom of God. They're not going to get it. And he ends the story, and you can almost see, guys, do you get it? Jesus saying, guys, do you get it? And his disciples are like looking at Jesus and saying, Jesus, that's, that's not about a farmer and wheat and weeds at all, is it? And Jesus looking at them and saying, now you're catching on. Now you have ears to hear and eyes that see. Because you're beginning to wonder and beginning to ask. So the parable raises some important truths for us. I want to share real quickly as we close three quick points. The first one is this about this parable is that the good seed must continue to advance. The good seed must continue to grow, right? We truly are missionaries in a dark world, right? That's where we live. We live in darkness. It surrounds us. It's all around us. Evil people, evil things, evil systems. And with all that, God made good but evil lurks. Evil lurks at every corner in, in the ways of ideas and teachings and governments and systems and people and false representatives of truth. And you and I, we are the seed of God. He said the good seed is the people of God. We are the good seed of God. 
Spread in your neighborhood. Spread throughout the world. Spread wherever God has put you. To go into all the world is the reason that you're his seed. Is to go into all the world and penetrate the world to advance the kingdom, to advance the gospel, the truth of who Jesus is and what's coming. That's what good seed does. It tells people what's coming. Like when was the last time we told anybody what's coming? When was the last time you told anybody that Jesus is going to return and time as we know it will be no more and we will be separated like wheat and weeds or like sheep and goats? When was the last time you warned anyone that that was coming? There's two kinds of people, right? And that's one of them, the good seed. Number two, the weeds. The weed wackos are among us. The weeds are among us. Okay, that's the truth of what Jesus is trying to say. The problem with the tares or the weeds is that they entangle the wheat. Right? That's why we didn't pull it out. Because it entangles with the wheat. And it has the potential to choke out the wheat. And the, the, the word is, the weeds aren't going anywhere for a while. Right? We either will influence the weeds we will help evil people become good people as they give their life to Christ, or the weeds will influence us. That's what's going to happen. And we have the power of Christ living in us to conquer and to transform. The weeds are among us. The good seed must advance. And the third thing is this. The great separation is coming. There's coming a day, the end of the age will come soon, and the great separation will take place. God's spiritual harvest is going to happen. The angels will weed out the weeds. Did you get that? The angels will weed out the weeds. The weeds and the goats will be will be pulled and burned in the blazing fire, he says, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, pain and regret and hopelessness, and no chance left to do anything about it. It'll be over. And the righteous or the faithful will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father, because God's eternal glory rests on them. An interesting note here is that both the weeds and the wheat grow together. They grow together. That's the way it is in our world right now. But the truth is the Lord knows exactly who is who. Right? He knows exactly who is who. So what impact are you having? What impact are you having on the world? Are you what, more like the wheat or are you more like the weeds? And where are you headed like, right now, if it all ended, we asked this question this morning to our teenagers, if it all ended right now, if Jesus came back right now, and we all went outside and, and we knew that it was over, time as we know it is over, where would you go? Do you have any confidence in where you would end up right now? And if not, it's time to put your hope in Jesus. Right? It's time to put our hope in Christ and then go out and be good seed, good God's people, and help other people put their hope in Christ. Father, we love you so much, and we're so thankful, God, for these parables, these stories that bring truth from heaven 
to us in a way that we can grab onto them. Father, I pray that as we, as we think this over this week, as we think about the wheat and we think about the weeds and we think about the good farmer and we think about the evil one, that God, you'd help us in our own lives, in our own hearts, our own minds to be able to, to see the truth of what you're trying to tell us today. Not just as it applies to the world, but God, as it applies directly to me, to us, what kind of seed I am, what kind of seed I'm planting. God, help us to be good seed, good godly seed that plants good godly truth and the gospel of hope in people's lives. We love you so much. We give you thanks for the way you love us, Jesus. Speak to our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name.